Sports. It's about that time again. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Stoop. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggett. Alongside me, as always, is my pal, my friend, my confidant, my partner in crime. He is the shark, Jeff Perini. What's going on, brother? Nova Nation tonight, baby. Nova Nation National Championship game. I am stoked, as many of us are here in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Nova Carolina tonight. Uh, I'm amped, man. Big time Monday night. Yeah, and you know what? I haven't heard anybody speak about Villanova since I moved here eight years ago until now. So <laughs> I'm always a Nova guy. I'm proud to say I watch them. I follow them every year. I follow Big Five basketball. Love college hoops. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a Nova guy. I'm a Jay Wright guy. I'm amped. For tonight. There you, you go, man. Front runner? What'd you say? I said, you hear that, front runners? Front runners. I was like, say, what do you a front for me a front runner? I don't, I don't even like Villanova. I don't care. <laughs> I'm a uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a St. John's guy. I'm from Queens, New York. St. John's University right by and I've always been a Notre Dame guy. So if they're in it, I watch it. But other than that, not a big basketball guy. well, huge basketball guy, just not a big college basketball guy, never was. So but we'll talk a little bit about the NCAA championship game in just a few moments. Uh, first, we want to send out a special thank you to our good friend, former NBA vet, former NBA champion, Chucky Brown, for joining us this uh, previous Thursday uh, to talk pretty much about everything going on in basketball. It was a really hot topic last week. It's pretty quiet right now. Uh, but tonight, joining us is award-winning singer and songwriter straight out of Canada, Ed Roman. Uh, really looking forward to that. We're going to play two of his tracks, one called Jamaica and the other one called Lay It Down. First, we're going to listen to Jamaica right after we debut our new top five list right here on The Stoop, something uh, Jeff and I always look forward to. We always have a good time with it. And tonight, we're going to go with our top five favorite rock albums. We did metal. We've done some other stuff, but now we're going to go straight up rock because there's a lot of bands that just aren't considered metal. So, Jeff, do you have your list ready? And if you do, start it off, my friend. My list is uh, ready to go. Uh, and this one was hard. But uh, I managed to crank out five. And uh, at number five, I'm going to start off with uh, a band who's making a lot of news lately. It's Guns N' Roses. It's Appetite uh, for Destruction. Uh, some of the greats, Welcome to the Jungle and Paradise City and Sweet Child of Mine. Great numbers, a lot of rock anthems um, for a band who really uh, became the sound. They they took over after the glam rock thing became the sound, and it was a big thing right there. Uh, number five, Appetite for Destruction. Right. Number four, an album that I liked, and I know when it came time to top songs, you were puzzled by this as well, but I come back with the Beach Boys. Pet Sounds is number four for me. Um, just a uh, an album ahead of its time back then, and still an album that, is wild. Brian Wilson and his uh, his orchestra and all these different sounds and wouldn't it be nice and God only knows and some great songs there. Uh, number four, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Number three, um, for me, is Pearl Jam 10. Uh, I know a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of experts. You know, they like to say Nirvana's never mind, but um, for me, the grunge act and the, the changing of generation of music. Uh, to me, 10 was the album. Pearl Jam 10. You could start it. Um, at number one, go straight through the album, listen to all the songs. Alive, Black, Jeremy, even Flow, just an amazing album. That's number three. Number two, one of my favorite all-time bands, The Who, with Who's Next. Uh, some of the greats here. They started off with Bob O'Reilly, just a fantastic song. Bargain, Won't Get Fooled Again, uh, My Wife, great songs. 
definitely a great album. And number one, you know my favorite band. It's Led Zeppelin and Led Zeppelin 4. Um, and some of the essential Led Zeppelin songs, Black Dog and Rock and Roll, the um, Stairway to Heaven, their, their, their main song, Misty Mountain Hop, When a Levee Breaks, so many great songs. And uh, I'm such a huge Zeppelin fan. That's my favorite Zeppelin album. So I give that to you. Zeppelin 4 is my number one. Zeppelin 4 is a phenomenal album. Great, great stuff right there, man. From The Shark, Jeff Perini. Very nice. Um, no ties for me tonight. Yes, no ties. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful thing. Um, there could have been ties, but I decided not to go with ties and just strictly just just leave it down, man. So anyway, so my number five, The Color and the Shape by the Foo Fighters. When this album came out, you know, Everlong, Monkey Ranch, it, it was just something new, something fresh. Um, always liked Foo Fighters more so than Nirvana. Never was a huge Nirvana guy. Um, but you talked about Pearl Jam with the grunge scene coming out. To me, that was facelift, Allison Chains. Um, to me, so much better than Nirvana. Foo Fighters, to me, so much better than Nirvana. So I always go with the color and the shape from Foo Fighters. Phenomenal album. Number four, Van Halen's Van Halen. Absolutely oh, yeah. freaking phenomenal. Um, when you put that album on, it, you know, from front to back, complete, complete, utter, just maniacal guitar destruction, man. Just absolutely love it. Um, number three, and uh, this is an album I think gets absolutely no love um, on the rock scene, and that's Rocks by Aerosmith. Um, you talk about Back in the Saddle, uh, Last Child, Get the Lead Out, Home Tonight, just, just an absolutely phenomenal album by Aerosmith, and probably uh, my all-time favorite uh, Aerosmith album, there's no question about it. Uh, number two, got to go with, with, with The Doors. And, of course, it's The Doors. That's just in the name of the album. Uh, you know, you look at Soul Kitchen and Crystal Ship, Alabama Song, Break On Through, Backdoor Man, Light My Fire, uh, End of the Night, Take It As It Comes. Just an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal uh, record. And, uh, you know, to me, um, it, it's it's that one that really just launched uh, Jim Morrison and The Doors into uh, – you know, into complete, complete, just stardom. Um, absolutely phenomenal album, one of my favorites. Uh, number one, um, just, you know, going through the whole uh, gist of looking at all of these albums, and, and it was tough to go number one. I changed it a few different times, and I had to go back to this album because from, you know, when it first came out, from side one to side two, and, and, and all nine tracks were just absolutely phenomenal, and it's... Uh, Thin Lizzy's Jailbreak. Um, Jailbreak, uh, Running Back, Warriors, The Boys Are Back in Town, The Cowboy Song, Emerald, just just an amazing, amazing album. The the late, great Phil Lynott and Thin Lizzy, nothing better than that uh, for my number five. So, yeah, Jailbreak, Thin Lizzy is my number one. Is that a little surprising for you, man? A little bit, a little surprising. Uh, it's funny because a couple of your other ones were definitely my top ten. The Doors, uh Self-titled album was awesome. Van Halen's Van Halen was right on the cusp for me. Thin Lizzy, though, that's a great album. It's a little uh, undersold. I mean, if you look maybe the top 50 albums of all time, it's definitely up in there, and it's a great album. Uh, that's what I like about our stuff. I mean, our top five goes a little out of the commercial realm. Like, I, I wasn't doing Beatles. To me, Beatles stuff isn't tops. This is tops, and your, your list is great, too. Great list. 
Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, there's so many albums you could have went through. Um, one, one that I was really, you know, just really was going back and forth with at number five against the Foo Fighters was London Colon by The Clash, which is just great. Yeah. Uh, 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 just an amazing, amazing album. And then A Night at the Opera, Queen, um, just another, you know, phenomenal album. And then you look at, uh, you know, so many albums by Pink Floyd, The Who, uh you know, David Bowie, and I'm not even a big Stones guy, but there's some great stuff. You know, uh, 2112 by Rush, another phenomenal yep. album. It's just really hard to make this uh, list up, you know, but I, but I, you know, I went with the albums that I consistently listen to and something that I always know that I'm going to always pop into my, you know, CD player or, uh, you know, play on my MP3. And, you know, these are the five albums. So, if you're just tuning in, tonight's our top five favorite rock albums. Jeff's top five. Number five, Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses. Number four, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Number three, Ten Pearl Jam. Number two, Who's Next to Who? And one, Led Zeppelin. Four by, of course, Led Zeppelin. My top five, The Color and the Shape by the Foo Fighters at number five. Van Halen's Van Halen. Number four, Rocks by Aerosmith. Awesome freaking album. Number two, The Doors by The Doors. Nothing better than that. And number one, Jailbreaks. Uh, excuse me, Thin Lizzy's Jailbreak. Uh, it's interesting list, man. I, I I love that you always consistently go somewhere with the Beach Boys, man. Big fan. I always like the Beach Boys, and like I said, I like that era where Brian Wilson just got so creative. And to see some of these autobiography or some of the biography movies about the Beach Boys and the passion that went into it, and how everybody doubted him, but he still moved forward. And some of the greats like Paul McCartney. Uh, gave him so much credit and just called all these songs just so far ahead of their time. That stuff to me is amazing. Uh, yeah. Another album I was on the fence with, and uh, I would have blown you away. I was on the fence. It's not really rock, but it's on the verge of rock. And that was Prince's Purple Rain. I know it sounds weird, and I looked at a lot of these lists from all these big-time magazines, and it's in the top 20. And I was like, do I really do it? But it, they can't touch these bands that I picked. And uh, like I said, this list, again, another one that can go on forever. Listen, man. Purple Rain by Prince is 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 is, is another phenomenal album. If you would have picked that, I would have said absolutely go. Computer Blue, Darling Nikki. Come on, man. It's it's yes, you know, know when doves cry, man. Seriously, the guitar in when doves cry, uh, absolutely phenomenal, man. So if you would have went Prince, I would have been like awesome. You know, great great choice. You know, and that's probably an album that if I really go through it, it's probably easily in my top fifteen, no question about it. Absolutely. absolutely. Great album, man. You know, from number one to number, I think there was, I think nine tracks or ten tracks on the album, but it's just a phenomenal album, man. Absolutely phenomenal. All right, man, let's uh, move on. And uh, real quick, uh, tonight we're going to be joined by award-winning singer-songwriter Ed Roman. So before we jump into our points of discussion right now, we're going to play one of his songs, and this is called Jamaica. And just listen to it, and then we're going to talk to Ed what's this song wait excuse me what this song is all about so uh this is jamaica by ed roman we'll be back in a minute
Jamaica by tonight's guest Ed Roman will be joining us in about 15 minutes. Um, it's 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 a good song, man. I, I just like it. It's got such a nice vibe to it, Jeff. Yeah, it's funky. I like it a lot. It's got uh, some island sound to it. Uh, like I said, a little uh, sublime meets Jimmy Buffett meets uh, Bob Marley. Good stuff. I like it. Yeah, it's really good, man. And a little bit um, after the interview, we're going to be playing another song uh, by Ed Roman called "Lay One Down," and we'll find out. From Ed, what that song is about as well. Uh, he does a lot of great humanitarian work. Um, we're going to learn all about that with Ed and uh, his fans, the groups. They're known as Ed Heads, which is pretty damn cool. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of Ed Heads are tuning in right now, listening and waiting for Ed Roman. So uh, Ed will be joining us at about 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time right here. So if you're listening live, stay tuned because the funky, fresh, cool Ed Roman will be joining us real soon. Um so let's get into a little bit of NCAA championship game. Jeff, you're the big college basketball guy here. Villanova, you're from the Philadelphia area, so you're pumped about it, taking on North Carolina. I got to say, I see North Carolina winning it for just various different reasons. I just think they're a better team. They got the bigger players. Um, don't know if Villanova can hold down uh, You know their big men. Where do you see this game going? To I know you hope Nova wins, but what kind of a uh, – you know, just what kind of play is going to come out of Villanova against this North Carolina team? They, um, something that Villanova showed this year, they haven't in the past, is a uh, fearless attitude going into these games. They feel they got the roster um, that anybody can touch this ball and anybody can contribute, which is big. Uh, North Carolina, of course, is the bigger school. They got the, the tradition, and Roy Williams has been uh, through this thing and back a bunch of times. Hey, Villanova's beaten Kansas. They've beaten Oklahoma. They proved they could beat the teams. They owe North Carolina this one big time. Um, Carolina's beaten them the last couple times out when they were good in the tournament. Um, Not a big point spread. It got to about maybe two points. Uh, The way Villanova smoked Oklahoma makes me a believer. I think Villanova ekes this thing out. It's going to be close. It's going to be tough. It's a game they're going to have to play almost perfect. Even despite the size of Carolina, I think Villanova's got enough in and out to um, to run with this one. Going to go with a uh, 74-71 Nova victory. Look at that, man. Are you going to be upset if Nova loses, man, or are you just excited and, and just happy of uh, you know the effort they put through in order to get to that championship game? It's going to be upsetting. You want to be the champion, but uh, college basketball, so many teams get in. It's 
such a hard road. You've got to get hot at the right time. And uh, I'm proud of them that they don't make it. If they don't win it all, still proud of my team. And I'm going to be a Villanova fan next year. Not like the people are going to throw their Villanova stuff in the trash after tonight if they lose. <laughs> oh, 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 that's tough. Yeah, man, listen, man, I got to tell you, man, I've been living in the Philadelphia area now for eight years. Um, really, I have not seen or heard one person talk about Villanova, uh, talk about what kind of fans they are of Villanova. All of a sudden, everybody's a Villanova fan. So, uh, you know, and I'm sure that's everywhere. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are all of a sudden North Carolina fans. We've seen it before. Um, just a damn shame, you know. Oh, I got the two words for you. Temple football come on how many people are temple football fans and this year everybody was a temple football fan when they were making that run and when that game came down against uh, against notre dame every bar in the city was packed everybody had their temple gear on so you know it, it's fun around here it's not a big uh college ball uh town so when one of the teams makes a run it's great and jay wright's done an outstanding job this program and anybody that's in the philly area that doesn't get behind this team is, is missing out on something big yeah. All right, man. So we'll see, man. We got your final score, man. And we're going to definitely talk about that uh, next time we're on the air and see what happens there. So good luck to your uh, your Nova Nation crew, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, last night, last night was was pretty much the big night in terms of professional wrestling. Last night was WrestleMania. Um, the WrestleMania, of course, hasn't been the spectacular pay-per-view event that it has been um, in the past. Um, Jeff, you fell pretty much out of love with uh, professional wrestling, uh, especially with the way it is now. Um, I still watch it from time to time. Um, not entirely enthusiastic about professional wrestling as it is anymore, but, you know, I still try to give it, you know, uh, a peek every now and then. So last night I decided to sit down, watch uh, most of WrestleMania, and I got to say, it, it wasn't a great WrestleMania but it was a better WrestleMania than the last few WrestleManias. Um, on the card last night, we saw the United States champion Callisto defeat Ryback. The Total Divas team defeated Bad and Blonde. Um, they introduced a new WWE Women's Championship belt, uh, basically getting rid of the whole Divas belt in the Divas division. Now we're going back old school with the uh, WWE Women's Championship. Really cool belt. Looks like the actual WWE Heavyweight Championship um, just with a little red background, white strap, really cool. Uh, the Usos defeated the Dudley Boys, and this was great, man. It was a good ladder match. We had Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, Stardust, The Miz, Sin Cara, and Zack Ryder fighting for the Intercontinental Championship. And guess what? Woo, woo, woo. Zack Ryder won it, man. It was absolutely phenomenal. I was abs- I was shocked. I was, I was surprised that they kicked off the show with Zack Ryder winning the IC Championship. The guy deserves it. Really cool dude. Have had many discussions with him. Um, worked hard for it, so good for him. Another good match. Chris Jericho defeated AJ Styles. This match was absolutely phenomenal. I think it could have been a little bit better, but, um, you know, it was good, man. You know what? You got what you thought of. Uh, the League of Nations defeated the New Day. Brock Lesnar defeated Dean Ambrose in a crazy match. And then the women's match came uh, for the new WWE Women's Championship. And this was a great, great match, Jeff. I was super, super impressed with Becky Lynch, with Sasha Banks, with Charlotte. Uh, What really bothered me, though, was that these girls did such a phenomenal job. It should have finished cleanly. Instead, Charlotte is now the new WWE Women's Champion, going from Divas Champion to the Women's Champion. Um, because her her daddy, Ric Flair, grabbed Sasha Banks and held her outside the ring so, uh, you know, Charlotte can make uh, 
Becky Lynch tap out. So that's so, you know, of course, once again, we have to have some kind of an interference or a run-in in a WrestleMania match. Really killed it. That really sucked. Uh, upset about that. Um, the Undertaker uh, defeated Shane McMahon in a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, Got to give it up to two, you know, both guys. They're up there in age. Undertaker, guy can barely walk. He really needs to just quit it. Absolutely terrible. Uh, Baron Corbin won the third annual Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And Diamond Dallas Page and Tatanka were in this Battle Royal. And the real kicker, which was, was absolutely stupid, Shaquille O'Neal surprised it and came out and was one of the entrants. Uh, him and Big Show were going at it. They both got knocked out. Um, looked like in the ring they were going to kill each other. And then what happens on the outside of the ring after they get knocked out? Big Show gives them a hand. They help each other up. They walk with their arms over each other. It was absolutely stupid. Um, John Cena returns and joins The Rock, and uh, they fought the Wyatts, uh, basically beating them. And then Roman Reigns defeated Triple H for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, Jeff. It was a decent card if I was booking it. And, of course, everybody says this. would have went a little bit a different way with a few matches. But I'd have to say the most impressed I was during the night for the whole card was the Jericho Styles match, the ladder match for the IC Championship, and the women's match. I got to say the women's match was one of the best, if not the best match of the night, man. It, it's good to see the – I know we talked about the last couple of weeks. It's good to see the female – wrestling thing taken off and and just a little bit of scene from these girls it's a little different because it's not all about uh big fake boobs and uh who looks like a supermodel it's girls that look like athletes now girls look like they're going to compete in the ring and uh get a little better wrestling out of it it's good to see yeah no it was absolutely phenomenal like i said you know they the reason why it bothered me was because it was such a phenomenal match it should have finished cleanly and of course it didn't because you know, they always have to do something like that. And it's a damn shame because these girls wrestled their asses off and, uh, you know, should have been a you know clean finish. But it is what it is, and uh, WrestleMania is in the books. Broke the record last night with over 101,000 people attending um, down in uh, Dallas at the Cowboy Stadium. And it was absolutely beautiful. The stage, the runway, the lights, everything they did was just phenomenal, man. What a really cool setup they did down there. So props to all the workers down there. Uh, for WrestleMania 32, and that's in the books, and now we're going towards WrestleMania. Can you believe that, man? 33. WrestleMania 33, man. Yeah, I remember the first one, like it was yesterday, and uh, it was a, uh, such a star-studded event, and Hollywood stars, and God, man, it's it, it's unbelievable. I can't believe it's been that many years. Uh, the Muhammad Ali's, and then the, Andre the Giant, and Hulk Hogan back in the day, and King Kong Bundy, and man. Yeah. Yep, it's WrestleMania 33 is coming, man. It's 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 absolutely insane. But you know, good card. Um, could have been a little bit better. But uh, we'll see what they do uh, on Raw tonight, man. Maybe if there's anything good happens. Oh, and uh, Sting during his WWE Hall of Fame announcement, um, he uh, announced that he was retiring. He's not going to be in the ring anymore. So uh, we're not going to get that that Undertaker Sting match, which to me would have been absolutely terrible anyway. Both guys can barely walk. So what the hell? Why even? Have it, you know. It's not like they were uh, ten, twelve years ago, where it would have been absolutely phenomenal to have them going at it. So, all right, man. Opening day in baseball yesterday and today. A lot of games, uh, unfortunately, being canceled today because of the rain and snow hitting the East Coast. Um, your Philadelphia Phillies, man, six to two, losing uh, to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, David Hernandez, who is the losing pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. Russ Ollendorf is the winning pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. Washington Nationals knocking off the Braves 4-3. San Francisco just destroying Milwaukee 
12 to 3 in Texas beating the Mariners 3-2. We have some games going now. Minnesota and Baltimore tied 2-2. Toronto and Tampa Bay tied 1-1. Dodgers up 3-0 over the San Diego Padres. Jeff, have you been able to watch any baseball yet, man? Uh unfortunately, uh, while I was at work, I did get some peaks of the Phillies and, and Jeremy Hellickson um just pitched an outstanding first six innings. Uh, struck out six, didn't walk anybody. One unearned run as the great Ryan Howard uh, with an error. He's just atrocious. But uh, Hellickson pitched a great game. It's a shame the bullpen let it get away. Kind of what I expected. I was there at work. I caught some innings. I'm joking around with the guys. I'm like, you know what? Two to one. Final score is going to be like probably four to two. They'll give it up in the ninth. They'll give up a big home run. But And he blew it wide open before that. Six two. Uh, it's going to be what you're going to see a lot of this year from the Phillies. Good starting, pitching, uh Rough bullpen and, and not a lot of hitting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have some other things to talk about. We're going to talk about a little bit of NFL news, uh, and then we're going to get to that whole cliffhanger with the walking dead last night at AMC. Love watching the fans just completely go nuts and bitch about it, man. It's absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, makes me laugh. But for now, we're going to get with our guest and joining us is award-winning singer-songwriter. He is Ed Romer. What's going on, Ed? Hey, hey how's it going, man? Uh, it's going good, man. We appreciate you taking the time uh, out of your schedule to uh, join us uh, to talk a little bit about your music tonight. Well, hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. It's uh, I'm always uh, you know interested in talking to different people, no matter where it is in the world. So, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we just listened to your song uh, Jamaica just a little bit ago. We we love it here. It's 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 just. It's just a good, good, good song. Um, I know that you traveled down to Jamaica to film the video for this song while you were doing some much-needed humanitarian aid down there. Uh, tell us a little bit about the song. Tell us a little bit about your time in Jamaica. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, as kids, we're all like exposed to books like Treasure Island and you know the concepts of pirates and. As you go to school, you understand through history, you know, that the Caribbean was a huge hub of trade. Not only that, there's the slave, the slave issue that, that, you know, a big part of the islands are about. And I fell in love with artists like Bob Marley and Peter Tosh and Bunny Whaler and Jimmy Cliff. And those kind of songs were the hook for me to to really check out that culture and, and not only that what Bob was saying and and the whole Rastafarian uh movement and what it was and it was actually post my sort of you know uh, coming of age in terms of music because I was fortunate enough a friend of mine's sister had dated one of the guys that worked on the road with Bob and they grew up together mm-hmm. in the same area in St. Anne's mm-hmm. and you know the first time I heard you know, uh, burning, you know, and like tunes like I Shot the Sheriff and Small Axe and, you know, Get Up Stand Up was from this cat, you know, and, and he was like, you know, Rastafarianism is more like a religion, you know, everybody puts this stigma on it because it's, there's this drug aspect in it and everything, but you got to understand that Rasta culture is actually an amalgam of Christian and African concepts through the Ethiopian background of stuff as well as Indian concepts mm-hmm. because the island itself was greatly inhabited by both African and Indian people. Yes. So for me, you know, I was like, well, I said to my wife, we haven't been anywhere in the longest time, 10 years. We're, we're, we both want to go. Let's go. And mm-hmm. we had that, you know, okay, we went to a resort. But we made friends with people so quickly because it's pretty hard not to. 
Um, and then mo- most of the people that were there were like, you know, people that worked there. They were chefs, cooks, uh, people that were in gardening staff, musicians that played in the bands that were there. And in, in a very short time, we, were, we weren't actually there at the resort. We were always going out and doing stuff, which is actually where we figured out, in a ver- and again, in a short period of time, that this is where culture's happening. Behind yeah. the, the wall, at the pool with the, the jerk chicken and swim up bar it's really nice and everything but at the same time you're missing out on a lot of other special things so in that process you realize that you know jamaicans are always working our friend and we're godparents to his daughter uh he's up at five he's at work at six he works until seven or eight o'clock at night depending on what's going on and you know he does that every day of his life um, and, and, and a Jamaican, on average, will make about $130 in a fortnight, which is like two weeks. Mm-hmm. If you go shopping on the island to a you know, typical, like, I want to buy some meat, I want to buy... The food prices are almost at par, unless you're going up into the mountains and you know farmers and different people at the markets that are willing to do that. But you realize then how hard it is for people to get ahead. So instead of, you know, becoming a part of an organization or donating money and, and not really always sure what the, the, is going to happen with what that is, uh, we just went, look, there's a company here in, just outside of Toronto, uh, and they, you, know, you can buy a shipping barrel for $45, 55-gallon mm-hmm. drum, and you can fill it with whatever you want provided it's not explosive or, or flammable. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're like, okay, so we dollar store it, and when you do that, you know, five bars of soap for a dollar, uh, two tubes of toothpaste for a dollar, and we collect in stock in our garage. Yeah. And then once we got enough stuff, we fill the barrels. But what we also started to do was, like, our neighbors and our family, like, what are you doing? Like, what's this all about? So we told them. And then, in, again, people started showing up with things from old electronics to you know, blankets, shoes, clothes that the kids had outgrown, and all that is is needed by people there. The things that we can just, you know, in some ways take for granted because uh, we can get it every day, they don't always have access to. Most Jamaicans will have a, a cell phone, a good cell phone to keep them in the 21st century, but they don't always have running water. They don't always have electricity. Yeah. So... I was just like, I want to give back in some way. And the, me- the Rasta message, like Rasta man vibration positive, that's why you know, I say that. It's, it's true because it's, it's like to do unto others as you would have them do unto you concept, like most mm. of the religions of the world. So yeah. I'm like, okay, well, how do we give back? And, and, and that's, that's what we do. About every four to six months, we send down three to six shipping barrels of stuff. And it's opened wow. up and people share it. But the tune, the tune, I wanted to write a tune also because I'm old school in a lot of ways. And when I was there, new reggae, and if you listen to people talk about what that is, and I, and is, is so um, conventionalized and become far more, you know, uh, if I could talk music, you know, four on the floor with that boo, 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 boo. And, yeah. and, and yeah. It, lyrically, it's also not as connective, let's say, to a multi-group of environments because the patois, the creole that they're speaking, is so quick that a lot of people don't get it unless they're from the island. So I, I wanted to like pay homage to like that older school, you know, one-drop concept in, in, in the feel and even in the instrumentation. There's Hammond organ on it. There's you know, acoustic guitar that I've got a garbage bag 
over because that's I call that the Jamaican guitar case because you know I, <laughs> I buy I buy a guitar when I'm there and I teach kids music because I've been teaching music for years. That's awesome. When, mm. when we go out, we cover we cover the guitar with a garbage bag so that you know and and as I said, Fender Rhodes that I've got distorted sounds like a clav, the one dropped kind of a feel that's going on in it. It's all uh, it's all part of my experience, but trying to reinvigorate the 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 average person with the idea like, hey man, this is a pretty cool idea. Maybe we should check it out or you know feel the vibe a little bit. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's an absolutely phenomenal song. We 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 love it here. Uh, Jeff, what did you say? It reminded you of? A um, little bit of Sublime, a little bit of Jimmy Buffett, a little bit of Bob Marley, all kind of intertwined. Great song, love it. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's great stuff. Absolutely. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned Jimmy Cliff because, you know, Jimmy Cliff, when you talk about reggae, um, you know, there's, you know, there's the older Scott type reggae and then you got the newer stuff like you're talking about or you can go in the middle there with, you know, some of the more mainstream guys that hit America like Shabba Ranks and, and, and Shaggy and stuff like that. But uh, Jimmy Cliff was always, uh, you know, next to Bob Marley, just somebody that was, you know, to me, always cool, loved his music. Uh, John Crow. You know, one of the songs, uh, Many Rivers to Cross, you know, all of my MP3 players, so it's pretty cool that you brought him up because you don't get a lot of, we, we don't get a lot of musicians on here that bring up Jimmy Cliff. You know, it's always Bob well, Marley. That, or, you know, that, that's yeah. the thing. When we first were there, the, one of the guys that we met that drove us from the airport was good friends with Jimmy, and mm-hmm. he had also lived in the U.S. for a long time. When Jimmy was on tour, he would do stuff with Jimmy. And I, I know a lot of musicians on the island now as a consequence of just, like, hanging out with people. Yeah. And, and that's the that's the that's the wonderful thing for me is that seeing how important music is to people there, mm-hmm. that the art form is looked at more like if you're a good musician, you're as good as a sports person in terms of your ability, stamina, and and, and what you're trying to do with your oh, life. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, you know, like I can stand on a street corner in Toronto, and people walk by me for three hours. You know, and, and kind of not even pay attention because they're so. But in Jamaica, people are busy. They're running all over the place. But the times that I went to like Port Royal and District 3 with an acoustic and just play within five minutes, there's 150 people standing around singing and, and, and hanging out with me. So, uh, and not only that, like Papa Curvin, who has his place there, Real Jamaica, he's right next to UB40. And all of that is this kind of continual vibe of musicians hanging out. I can't tell you how many times when I was at Papa's, some of the studio shots from the video, it's like I'd be 8 in the morning walking out to the front gate, and there'd be this kid going, Sir, sir, there's a man in the studio who wants to come and play bass, you know. Oh, sure, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. I want to go to the beach, but I'm, I'm more interested also, too, in like, okay, well, what's going to happen here, and who are you going to meet, and what kind of an experience are you going to have? So, you know, that's kind of how the song evolved, too. Even before I went there to shoot the video, I wrote it. Um, and I thought, well, yeah, it makes sense. Let's go back. Let's go to Dressaki. Let's go up into the mountains. Let's go check out some places and show people the other side of the wall. You know, mm-hmm. what's really kind of going on all the time. Because I feel invigorated being there because of that. Yeah, well, it's a beautiful place. Um, let's talk a little bit about your latest album, Letters from High Altitude. It pays tribute to your home in Ontario. Um why don't you let the listeners know, and I'm sure we have a lot of Edheads tuning in right now, you know, what the you know what the album's about. Well, it's, if I may say so, too, it's Letters from High Latitudes. Oh, High Latitudes. That's cool. Yeah. Altitude is, is good, too, because it, it, <laughs> it, it, it denotes, man, the, the, the same perspective. And, you know, um, 
uh, you never know how a grouping of songs is going to fit together. And even with, with that, it's the same thing with lyric writing. You're always kind of writing ideas and scribbling uh, feelings and, and things down in some way that's that's based on some sort of initial inertia. And, you know, when the songs all kind of start to show themselves to you and they say, you know, hey, why don't these 13 kind of, these, these feel right together because of what they were saying. Um, and at the same time, I'm, I also work very instinctually, like I'm, I'm always kind of paying attention to what the ether's saying to me. And I was at this old antique shop, and there's this book sitting on a table just by itself. And it was it just, I, I was drawn to it for some reason. And it just said Letters from High Latitudes. Uh, 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 it was a book that Lord Dufferin had written about his transmarining journey across the Atlantic in the northern latitudes of the Atlantic Ocean. And I'm from Dufferin County, which Lord Dufferin is named after. So there's this weird uh-huh. kind of like connection for me, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I started to lay out the tunes on the record, I started to think, well, if you listen to the record, the first tune's called I Told You So. It's talking about this feeling that we all have, like, Look, we're at the grocery store picking something up and looking at it and wondering why it's coming from thousands of miles away and we're not growing it ourselves. You know, so it's like you're living in the moment. You're on the planet. You've, you're you're grounded in this position of thinking about what's going on. You know, who's the next puppet on the podium that's going to make us some promises? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of of, of an existence, socio political thinking thing. And as you pass through the record, you hit a tune like Jamaica which is more like, well, yeah, that's the craziness of the world, but look at the beauty right now and the fun and the excitement and, 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 and the feeling that's coming from this side of the, of the living experience. And then as you leave the planet, let's say, as you pointed out, altitudes, let's say, mm-hmm. the last tune is a tune called I Found God. And I'm a bit of a neo-pantheist, I guess you might say, which mm-hmm. means I believe that, like, look, man, I've spent enough time with Aboriginal cultures all over Canada and, and, and lucky enough in some places in the U.S. And it's like Mother Earth. You know, what we do to the Earth, we do to ourselves. So, you know, if, if you listen to astronauts, like I met Eugene Cernan, and he's a Slovak, and he, you know, was fortunate to go into space, and he said to me, you know, think of it. If you could stand in, in, uh, outside of this world and look at the planet, and then everything that goes through your mind, about what we do to it, how we argue, how we fight. If we didn't have this beautiful place, none of us would have any of these options. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and so to me it's like, whoa, that's you know, it says a lot. So they're letters and perspectives from maybe the fool on the hill, let's say. Mm-hmm. Watching the race, not necessarily running it, but observing the track and going, Hey, you know, that car's on fire. Somebody's refueling, you know. There's, 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 and I think that there's something to be said about, you know, people and concepts like that in our own society, you know, and, and, and I come from the old country, my grandmother, you know, it's like, you know, this tells the story about Moisha, the simpleton under the tree, the, under the apple tree, he thinks that he's like, everybody thinks he's stupid, but, you know, when everybody's got a problem, they go to Moisha, because he's the one who's got some kind of answer, it's not the answer, it's more like a question that he poses to them, that gives them the answer. And, and I guess that's that's what the record's really trying to say. And people are loving it, man. There's a there's a lot of fun stuff on it. It makes you think a little bit, mm-hmm. and it kind of it gets you moving a little bit. Yeah, well, we haven't had the uh, privilege of listening to it yet, but looking at the uh, track list, uh, it, it's it's already making me think because I love some of the names on there. Uh, Rosetta Stone, Kids Are Like Vegetables, 
uh, that's you know there's some there's some cool names on there. So definitely we're gonna have to listen to that here at the stoop. Um, let's uh, let's let's jump into a song that we are gonna listen to in just a little bit. Lay one down. It has something to do with something called heart songs for veterans. Um, can you let us know a little bit what that's all about? Sure, I'm proud to say I'm an ambassador for for that group. And um, oh. Heart Songs is a, a organization started by Jill Palville, uh, who I met in New Jersey when I was down playing in Cape May for the Cape May Music Festival. And they're a grouping of acoustic songs contributed by artists to help raise funds for vets that mm-hmm. are in dire need of money and assistance, and they're not getting it. And when Jill approached me, and I was writing tunes for the new record, which is called Red Omen, which is coming out in a couple of months, uh, I thought this song really hit home as far as subject matter and, you know, working a bit like a, a moral Trojan horse, if you will, for the thought process behind maybe laying our aggressions down and trying to understand each other as difficult as it can be. Trust me, it's like I, we all are put into situations and circumstances that have to, you know, uh, make us renegotiate how we feel and think about certain things. But at the, at the, in, in the end, you know, it's like an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind, say the Cree Indian, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, I, that, I'm trying to, to, to get people thinking about that. You know, and my grandfather, he was in the Austro-Hungarian War, and, you know, kids, they're really empathetic. He died in 75 when I was just really little. He'd roll up his pant leg every Christmas, and he showed me this spot where a bullet would pass, had passed through his calf and out of his shin. And he had escaped twice from a prisoner war camp, like he cut a hole in the bottom of a train so they could slip out while the train was moving on the right. tracks. He was shot. Make a long story short, he'd say, see this, Eddie? He'd say, this is from a rich man's game. Mm-hmm. And I'd sit there and I'd go, what does that mean? You know, at the age of five. And, I, and he'd be like, you know, and, and he passed away. And it took me a long time to kind of figure out what, what this is all about without sounding like some crazy conspiratorial freak about things. But the reality yeah. of it is there's a lot of people that profit from our misfortunes, gentlemen. Unfortunately. Yeah. No, and that's the truth. Um, so if anybody wants to uh, learn more about it, they can go to heartsongsforveterans.org. There's a lot of great, great musicians up there, a couple that we know, some you never probably really heard of, but uh, some great music up there. We're going to be listening to uh, Lay It Down by Ed in just a little bit. Um, what? It, listen, I I listened to your cover of Billy Joel's "She's Always a Woman." Absolutely loved it. It's on YouTube. Anybody can just you know Google it and check it out. Um, you like to do that stuff a lot, man. Do you just like you know just pick up the guitar and say, you know what? I I just want to jam to this song. I do, and you know what it is. People are like, some artists are like, no, I don't do covers. I'm gonna, you know, I, I we are all defined by our influences. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to The Stranger, like, in 77, stealing it from my sister's record collection and going, like, who's this cat sitting on the bed with the mannequin? You know, like, <laughs> but for for me, it also, like, people will say to me, hey, do you know uh, Better Man by Pearl Jam? Yeah, I know it. Um, but I wouldn't maybe do that cover right now mm-hmm. or or because there's some things in covers, too, that are so uh, related to your own personal time and space. You know, and and I'm trying to tell my woman I love her. She needs to hear that right now. You know, and that's actually why I, I put that out there. And she's, you know, she's like, but she, it's saying all this other stuff. And I'm like, no, no, baby, you don't understand. I'm mm-hmm. trying to tell you that you're you're special to me. You yeah. know, in some kind of a way. So that's 
It's that's always been in my back pocket that tune for years. But you never know. It's like what two summers ago I did a version of "Thick as a Brick" by Jethro Tull. Oh, I did nice. Jimi Hendrix's uh, "A Bold as Love" on on my bass. I just you, you're struck by those lyrics. That's to me even why I became a musician is because lyrics to me were like these you know, symbols or, like, um, metaphors that you carried every day that were, like, forms of strength and mantras, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I still, to this day, get shivers when I hear certain tunes, you know. And it's like, it's telling me something. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, man, the lyrics are the Bible of music. You know, it's great. You know, if, it's, if something's out there and it just hits you, it's it's always going to stick with you. I mean, we've, we've got songs here. Uh, Jeff and I, you know, always talk about it, and there's some just amazing songs that always stick with us. I mean, Jeff's a big Beach Boys guy. Every time we do a top five list, which we do one at the beginning of every show, um, you know, he he picked one of his top five rock albums today as uh, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys, and he picked a, an album by him a couple of weeks ago as well. You know, it's just something that just sticks with you. you just always love it. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just glad that you said that because we always talk about that a lot here. Um, you're. Uh, you're number one in music on MusicOneRadio.com. Uh, nice accomplishment. You've won, you've won many awards. It, you know, out of the awards, out of stuff that you have done throughout your career, what's what so far has been the most special to you? Oh, you know, I'm I'm so happy when people recognize and and enjoy what I do. That's that makes me feel the best because I'm like. I'm relating. It's like I like to communicate with people. That's part of what music is to me. But the biggest reward, man, like to tell you the truth, Jonathan, it's like to to practice my craft mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. be able to to keep doing what I do or to have. It's it's funny. Even you, I've played on big stages to a heck of a lot of people, mm-hmm. but sometimes those intimate moments in a back alley somewhere on the edge of a park bench where somebody's having a bad day or a kid needs to hear something those are really huge payoffs when mm-hmm. you can change that person's day just simplistically like that and you may never talk to them again yeah. you know i remember this one girl that was sitting at a taxi stop in jamaica and i walked up to her and i'm like <laughs> and there's a couple other people watching it and i'm like can i sing you a song and she's looking at me like, well, you're crazy, man, looking at me like, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, just let me sing it to you. Just let me sing it to you. And when it was done, she started laughing and hitting her legs. And she's like, <laughs> she was covering her mouth. And I was like, see, we had a good time. And I know I'm the one there. I may never see her again. Yeah. But to me, it, again, that's that's the primal reason why I do what I do is to is to is to relate. You know, mm-hmm. it's, people say to me, well, well, also, you know, why don't you write the, the million-dollar tune and, like, make millions of dollars? And so, I, I, If I made millions of dollars, I'd give millions of it away because it's not, it's not about the material aspect of, of, of life that turns me on. It's about what you, what you leave and how you leave people thinking. So mm-hmm. if, if I get an award for that and, and somebody gives me some acclamation of some kind... I'm honored, man. I'm always honored, no matter how small or how big the award is. Mm, that's awesome. Um, are you going to be uh, in Philly this summer? Dude, I was in Philly like last summer, and I wanted to like, uh. do some more time hanging out there. And it's crazy. And one of the circumstances is one of the gig uh, had gotten canned because the owner had a, a, a loss, a death in the family, and uh, the gig geez. is supposed to be rescheduled. I'm supposed to be going back to New York. So, yes, if I come back to New York, I'm definitely coming to Philly. Well, you got to let us know, man, so we can come see you. 
Hey, man, I was at the record Grouch. I bought a ton of vinyl while I was there. Nice. Oh, we have a lot of them around here. You can find a lot of vinyl around here in the Philly area. Dude, I was like, I was salivating. And the guy at the border, when I come home, he goes, what have you got to declare? And I think my wife had picked up a bottle of gin or something. And I said, bottle of gin at about $150 in vinyl. He's like, vinyl? And I'm like, yeah, you know, you know like records? Records? Wow. He was a little bit younger, right? I'm like, yeah. you know, people put records on a thing and a needle and they listen to music. <laughs> oh, right, like my dad, he said. And he's like, wow. You know, and I'm like, your dad, dude, like, you know, I know 14-year-olds that are getting into vinyl again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting big. Thank God, because let, let me tell you, man, still to this day, nothing nothing beats the sound of a record playing. It really doesn't. No. no, man, and, you know, they squash and limit everything to a point that it's just lost its depth. And yeah. And because of that, the new album that I'm pressing, Red Omen, yeah. is going to have a pressing of vinyl. So I'll send you gentlemen a copy when it's ready. If you have a way to spin or you can spin at home or whatever, you still have the download code on it for whoever yeah. wants to say 21st century. But, yeah, I'm doing it. That's awesome. Like it. That's great. That is awesome. We, we were reading something not that long ago here where they're going to start making high-definition record players so you don't hear that in the background. It's like, man, that, that's, that's the whole thing of it, though. You know? Hey, that's have, also how you know it was your record because it skipped in that spot. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Dude, that's oh, my album. It's skipping on track three. I know that record. Yep. Uh, see, man, that, that's great, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy you're pressing it to vinyl. And I'm so happy so many other singers and bands are pressing to vinyl again because, you know what? When that went out, that was a shame. That was a shame for music. But well, you know what? I, you know, technology always, you know, moves along with music in the same way. Yeah. You know, there's always yeah. things that. But when you start to realize that a medium was great. Why start stop you know doing it like and if people are offering the services because they realize hey this is a cool thing then do it man and it also yeah. proves it it actually almost brings back from that tangible the consumer purchasing something in their hands that they can't just download offline and and they need to find the source to have that listening experience. It's not just like, well, we're just going to pick one. No, you get the whole record. You can't just pick one track. Here's the whole record. No. So you kind of also then being not forced, but you know, thrown into the idea of being educated by maybe other things that maybe you weren't turned on to by the bubblegum moment, but later you'll start to realize, man, that was a steak dinner. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. No, we hear you there, man. So, yeah. uh, so, so what's next? For you, what's what's going on in the future? What are some of your future projects, plans? What's going on? Well, I'm about to release an acoustic video for Lay One Down, which was part of a, a global effort to try to get people to contribute their five-second video for the, uh, you know, to be contributed into the video. Mm-hmm. And that will be part of the Hard Songs promotional thing. That song is also a band arrangement that's going on in the new record, which is Red Omen. It's an anagram of my own name, and we live with a multitude of anagrams and things in our language that we don't even know what they mean and what they are. So if I say to somebody, okay, man, what's a mortgage? And people say, well, it's what you get when you buy a house. You know, you need money. From, you know, but what does it mean? And they're like, I don't know. Well, morta, Italian or Latin, is death. Mm-hmm. And gauge in Latin is grip. So you have a death grip. The word mortgage means death grip. Mm. 
this is kind of what I'm getting at with even the iconography on the record. We've gone to a point in our culture, too, where we use everything that's based on a symbol. Your phone, you open it up. You don't work with DOS or word processing. It all happens instantaneously by the pushing of this button. And even I was talking to a guy who had, you mentioned Rosetta Stone. He had gone past the point of what researchers had done with hieroglyphs in saying, well, the Rosetta Stone was that stone that was discovered, and it gave us the, the Greek, the uh, uh, Latin, and it gave us the uh, Egyptian hieroglyphic translation so we know what hieroglyphics meant. But what this guy did is he realized the hieroglyphs themselves are more like icon- iconographic uh, symbols. They're, they're acronyms like SCUBA, self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. They make up a new word, and it's not just a letter itself. They're actually whole phrases. And because of that, we are doing the exact same thing. We, don't, we define Facebook as an FB. We define uh, a certain thing from Twitter as just the, the T. It's the bird. There's all yeah. these little things that are starting to show up as what that is. So the album has this kind of language and stuff in it and talking about it. And if you dig deeper into the language, you'll start to see that there are other things starting to show themselves other than what's just at face value. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, for all of our listeners, if you want to hear more of Ed's music uh, and you just want to learn more about him, you can check out his website at edroman.net, and we'll put it up on our Facebook and our Twitter accounts later. Ed, thank you so much for joining us, man. we got to get you back in the future after you release your next album. It would be a pleasure, Jonathan. Jeff, it was nice to meet you both and hang and talk. And listen, if I get to Philly, can I come? We hang? We play some music? Yes? Yes? Absolutely, man. Let us know. Let us know. Okay, cool, man. Cool. You have a good one, Ed. Thank you so much. Anytime, guys. Have a good night. See you, Philly. That was Ed Roman, award-winning singer and songwriter. Uh, We listened to his tune, Jamaica, a little earlier. Jeff, what do you think? Another tune, man? I don't see why not. I love the first one. Uh, man, he's he's got a lot of good stories, man. I hope he comes to Philly. That sounds yeah. like my kind of nut. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be cool to sit down with him yeah. and uh, oh, yeah. you know, or, you know, hear some of his stories, hear some, you know, hear about some of his travels, some of his adventures, man. And we could talk a little bit more about the best thing ever, vinyl records, man. And uh, hopefully by that time, his new album will be out and uh, we'll get to uh, listen to it. So check out edroman.net, become an edhead, listen to his music. And right now we're going to listen to another track from Ed Roman and it's called Lay One Down. And it's a part of the Heart Songs for Veterans. And uh, one of the ambassadors for Heart Songs for Veterans, and Jeff, you know, she's one of my favorites and I, I, I'm, I'm in love with her. And I know you're going to f- just go nuts about this. It's Mickey James. Ah, yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there I thought you go. Tame myself, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, man, it's going to be great, man. Maybe we can get Mickey on. We can talk a little bit more about uh, Heart Songs for Veterans. So in the meantime, let's listen to another tune from Ed Roman, and maybe we can, all, we can turn you all into Ed Heads. And this is Lay One Down. We'll see you in about four minutes. Lay one down for my brothers, lay one down for my 
what you think I was performing. I'm gonna lay one down, lay one down for my brothers, lay one down for my foe, lay one down for one another, lay one down and let it go, lay one down and put it under, lay one down, reap what you sow, lay one down, it's like butter, lay one down. That was Lay One Down by our guest that just left us, Ed Roman. Really cool guy. Um, Another classy, classy uh, guy from uh, MTS Management, Michael Stover. We got to say thank you to Michael Stover for uh, setting up uh, some nice interviews for us with uh, Xander Demos, uh, Madeline Victoria, Ed Roman, um, and uh, one of our favorites that we've had here, Donica Knight. Absolutely. can't wait to have all four of them back on again with us in the near future. They're all working on new albums. They're all working on new projects. Uh, so it'll be really, really cool to uh, get them all on again. Just you know, just a real classy, classy bunch of people. Um, Michael Stover's a lucky guy to have them all 
um, with him. So, uh, once again, thank you to uh, Ed Roman for joining us on uh, tonight's show. we got about 30 minutes uh, left in the program, so let's uh, let's talk a little more, man. Let's uh, jump into some NFL news real quick, Jeff. Um, we had a uh, report that Colin Kaepernick was headed from the San Francisco 49ers over to the Denver Broncos, uh, but the San Francisco 49ers were supposed to pay him $4.9 million, which they wouldn't. Uh, so Kaepernick is staying a 49er. What did you think about this, Jeff? Um, do you think Kaepernick is warming up and is going to stay with Chip Chip Kelly in the 49ers, or um, is this going to screw a team like the Jets and the Broncos are just going to snatch up Ryan Fitzpatrick? Kind of a tough call. I think it's the right move uh, for Kaepernick to stay with the 49ers. I think it's kind of where he belongs, and um, I don't see Denver being the right home for him. As far as the Jets and Fitzpatrick, I, I, in the end, I think they're made for each other. I don't, I don't think, I don't think a separation is going to happen. I think Fitzpatrick is made to be a Jet, uh, saved his career, really brought him back. But um, for Kaepernick and, and Chip Kelly, I think it's a nice marriage. I think they should try to work with each other in Chip's system and uh, see how it plays out. Absolutely, that's why you know, and we'll find out. You know, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know why Kaepernick. Is doing this, um, you know. I know he doesn't want to let go of the money. Um, does he know he's going to be washed up soon and out of the league? So he wants every single dollar that he signed for, or uh, does he want to stay with the 49ers? Because if he goes to Denver, he's going to instantly be a starter on a on a much, much, much better team. Great offensive weapons, good defense. Why wouldn't you want to go there and see if you can win a Super Bowl? Who knows? I'm sure there's more to the uh, to the uh, to the situation than we know. I just hope. He doesn't become a Jet somehow, and I hope Ryan Fitzpatrick returns to my Jets. That's what I hope for. Um, Alan Smith is returning to the Oakland Raiders, signed a two-year deal. He's still suspended, and I think he can only uh, try to uh, file for reinstate uh, to be reinstated by November, I believe. Um, what do you think of this deal, man? Is this uh, a little hasty on Oakland Raiders' part, or uh, do you think this is a low-risk, high-reward type of move? I go with that. Uh, Smith can still play. Uh, Oakland's got a tremendous pass rush, and if Smith uh, gets reinstated and comes back, it makes him a very dangerous team. It's a nice move. I mean, here's a guy that's got some issues. I think he can clean them up. Kind of a new-style Oakland Raider thing where they don't want to be a, a Band-Aid team. They want to be a team that can compete, and I think it's a good move to bring them in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, see what happens to the Raiders, but the Raiders are picking up some names, man, so... Who knows what could happen? Um, Monday Night Raw is going on right now. Just saw our good friends over at WrestleChat just tweeted, is this a Wyatt family face turn? Would love to see what's going on on Monday Night Raw because that would be real interesting. Um, Sticking with the NFL news, the Tennessee Titans uh, are are receiving interest in their top pick. Uh, What do you think the Titans do with this, Jeff? is, Is it, you know, they brought in DeMarco Murray. They got Marcus Mariota. Um, do they take this pick, go with a wide receiving weapon, a tight end weapon? Do they trade it and see if they can bring in some veteran players? What do you think would be the right move for the Tennessee Titans? Not so much for the Titans, but for the rest of the league. you got to realize a lot of these move-ups don't pay off. And uh, the RG3 one comes to mind, of course, right off the bat. And uh, The Titans will be wise if they can make the move because, like I said, it hasn't panned out for teams in the past, so why not try to gobble things up? Um, I think, in my opinion, stick with the pick. There's some great talent at the top, some big-time defensive players which they could use. Um, 
So uh, for my money, I stick with the pick, and I, I see I see what I can get. Yeah, see what happens. Looking forward to football season, man. Even though it's baseball season, oh, I'm already bored with it. <laughs> Took one day, huh? <laughs> Pretty much, man. You know, I mean, I, I I I used to be a much bigger baseball fan. Still love my Mets. Still watch games. Still root for them. It's just it just bores me to tears now. Just the way it is, it, man. Uh, I, I always said, and being a diehard sports fan, you might get some heat, but uh, baseball to me, you sit down, you watch the first to the third inning, take off fourth, fifth, and sixth, you get yourself a beverage, something to eat, you do some chores around the house, and you come back for the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Right, that, that middle stuff does drag, you know, unless you're at the park. There's lots of stuff to do at the park. Absolutely. I remember before the playoffs last year, I put a Mets game on because, you know, I live up here in Philly now, so I don't get as many Mets games, and I'm not going to be one of those people that pay a buku amount of money just to watch a couple of Mets games. I work, got a family, very hard to catch games. Uh, I can't even catch the games that are on TV here when I want. Um, so I put a game on, I watched it till about third, possibly even fourth inning, went and did some stuff. I'm going to tell you right now, I disappeared for an hour and a half doing stuff. I went back, it was just in the seventh inning. <laughs> yeah, there it is, Nope. Listen, I'd rather go to the stadium and watch a game. It's a, it's a, it's a totally different experience than it is watching baseball on TV. But watching football, hockey, and basketball on TV is just as good to me. I mean, well, it's still better to go to the arena or the stadium to watch it, but it's still exciting. You know, I, it's just baseball is not exciting on TV to me anymore. Has been for a while. Now a lot of uh, dead air time and horrible analysis and bad stories being told in between each pitch. Now, if you're not there, it's really not the same. No. There you go. All right, man. Walking Dead was last night, the season finale. People are going nuts. They introduced Negan. If you don't know about it, read the comic books because they're basing some of the stuff off the comic books. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, phenomenal actor, uh, playing him. So uh, it's about time they get somebody uh, good acting in that program rather than just grabbing some schlubs. But anyway... Um, I, f- I fell out of love with this show, season two. Um, it's one of those shows I felt like were just, you know, just so slow and prolonging stuff. And it's supposed to be a show about them fighting zombies and it turned into them fighting other humans. It has nothing to do with zombies anymore, to be honest. Um, supposed to kill somebody from the main group on the show last night, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I don't know what happened, to be honest. He swung his bat and didn't, show, didn't really, or shot somebody or whatever, but they didn't show they uh, cut it, and uh, season finale, you won't know until October or November when uh, season two, com- uh, whatever the next season is, comes on. But people whining and complaining about, oh, my God, I'm done with the show. I'm done with the show. And yet when they start showing the trailers in September, they're going to be all over it again. What is going on with these shows and cliffhangers, man? It's like they just can't do the final thing anymore and kill somebody off or save somebody's life and then start that story in the next season, man. What's going on with the cliffhangers these days, man? Because they're doing it in movies too, man. It's just getting annoying to me. It gets so hard. They build up the hype and everybody is drawn to it. Like I said, I'm not a walking dead guy. I'm a shameless guy. And anybody out there that's a shameless person will feel my pain of how bizarre last night's ending was. Last night's ending was so anticlimactic. Um, Fiona's sitting there on the church steps in her wedding dress and lips staring at the rehab like, do I go in, do I not go in, and cut. It, terrible. You're, you're amped, and the bad thing about the cable series, it takes forever. It's going to be like another year before Shameless comes back, mm-hmm. and you're sitting there thinking, oh, 
am I even getting ready for? Because the ending was so anticlimactic. And the same thing with Walking Dead. I was a huge Breaking Bad guy. They did it at Breaking Bad. They, they do it with all these shows. And they're supposed to lure you in. But all they do give you is great commercials and great scenes from the next episode. And you're drawn to it. And a false flat. I don't get it. It's crazy. I, I, you know, there's there's so many great shows um, that, I, that I really enjoyed at one point. And I couldn't watch it anymore, man. I really could not watch it anymore because um, it, it was just... You know, you know, waiting for in between the seasons for them to come back. And what they do, and I cannot stand it because they never did it before, is the mid-season finales, man. I hate mid-season finales. That kills yeah. it for me, um, especially when you're watching shows now where, you know, whether it's on CBS, ABC, whatever, Big Bang Theory, The Goldbergs, which I absolutely love, uh, Blackish, Modern Family, two other shows I absolutely love. And you got a new episode two weeks in a row. None the next week, one more, none the next two weeks, two more, you know, that are new, none for three weeks. It, it's like, Jesus Christ, man, just put it on one at a time, finish the season, get to the next season, man. I absolutely hate it. Game of Thrones, which I've absolutely loved, I fell out of love with because of the waiting for it. You know, and it, it, I don't know, man. They just need to stop it. Same thing with The Sopranos, man. Love The Sopranos. And when once they found out, oh, yeah, we're going to be done in two seasons, and David Chase uh, said, eh, whatever. I, I don't care. We, we we made our money. Last few seasons, The Sopranos were absolutely terrible, you know. They lose, yeah, they lose the angles. They lose the creativity. A lot of friends of mine that used to be shameless people were like, ah, I don't even get into it anymore. It's, it's, um, it's just not there. I still love it. I think it's totally off the wall, but. I guess ideas run flat, and that's what we always talk about, remakes and all this stuff. But uh gets us started on a whole other tangent. That's how I feel about um, <laughs> about shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Supernatural. They're just always always good, and they're, the writing's phenomenal. They do cliffhangers in the right way, and, uh, you know, they come back pretty quickly, you know, from, you know, from season to season. So... You know, I wish uh, other shows, especially the ones that are on HBO and Showtime, they would really take that. Because, you know, come on, man, it, there should not be a year and a half between two seasons. That is absolutely freaking ridiculous, man. Terrible. Makes you makes you just wait it out. And like I said, sometimes you either lose interest or you forget what the heck is going on. I like that, man. That was Charles Barkley's terrible. It's terrible. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Crazy knuckleheaded terrible. Hey, man, Eric Ebron, man, he's trolling your girl Mia Khalifa on Twitter over the UNC and uh, being in the championship game. You should take him out, we man. Gotta get her. Yeah, we got to get her on the show. Got to find a way to get her on the show and uh, give us some talk. She's uh, okay if you like that kind of stuff. <laughs> give it the okay. So, uh, Mia Khalifa, if you're listening, Jeff Perini loves you, yep. and uh, he wants you on the radio show here. So. <laughs> If you have any connection whatsoever, come join us. Uh, we'll talk um, church and religion and fun stuff like that. <laughs> we'll talk church. All right, we've got a couple minutes left in the show, man. Um, next Thursday, well, this Thursday, should I say, um, which is, I don't even know what date uh, Thursday is. Oh, it's the 7th. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it's a long day today. Don't don't mind me, folks. Um, <laughs> we're going to be joined by Mick James. Uh, singer, songwriter, you'll you'll know him best for doing all the music for Chris Angel's programs. He's done stuff for WWE, he's done stuff for sporting events, television shows, movies, you name it, he's done it. Um, he's going to be on here, we're going to play some of his music, we're going to talk about his career, 
just you know talk about music in general. Uh, seems like a really good guy. Um, so he's going to be joining us uh, this Thursday uh, at um, at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Stoop. And uh, just lined this up today, and we're really really excited about this. Um, we had Ed Roman today from Canada. Uh, so not only were we in the U.S. the whole time, we were in Canada. So we're in two countries. Now we're going over the pond, and we're going into England. And joining us on April 18th, she is super, super nice enough to call in at 1 a.m. her time to talk with us about her music, her band. Her name is Lilith, and she's from Lilith and the Night, an absolutely phenomenal rock band uh, from London, they're gonna be. Uh, she's gonna be calling in. We're gonna to talk to her about a lot, just just a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, super super pumped about it, and uh, you know, can't be more thankful uh, to Lilith that she's gonna be joining us uh, from London, England. Really really stoked about it, Jeff. This is uh, somebody we've wanted to get on the show for a few weeks now, and it's finally coming to it, man. I'm excited for it. I really am. She has got a look. She's a. Uh, she's sexy. Uh, she's talented. Very energetic. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It should be great, especially, like you said, getting over to England. Hopefully the uh, people over in England will be listening in. And uh, Stoop's going to get stuff out there, Canada and England and um, all over. And your your people are missing out. Yep, you're missing out, man. So please, and also, show your support. If you're listening in, show your support for us by following us on Twitter, um, at the Stoop Radio 1, or you can follow me personally, SCL And Jeff, what's your Twitter handle? Oh, um, I know it if you shark. don't. <laughs> J- JT uh, Shark 7-1. Yeah. I forgot it, and I went to try to find it. Well, was, was you, you need to be more up on Twitter, my friend. I do. I'm uh, I'm the uh, Facebook guy. I do a lot of that, but yeah, you got to get on Twitter. I get on it. Not not enough. I got to get on it more. There you go. Well, we're on Facebook as well, so if you can, follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash stoop radio um you know send us questions send us feedback message us if you have a question for a future guest we'll have a good time with it just uh you know show your support for us because of you guys listening to us we're one of the hottest shows on blog talk radio and we're going to try to bring you the best guests we possibly can and um you know of course as with anything the more listeners we have the better guests we can get um you know it shows in our stats and uh it really helps us uh, line up uh, amazing guests. I mean, uh, so far with the rebrand of uh, our radio show here in January, we've had on Kevin Sorbo, Jesse Itzler, Jamie Bernadette, Buff Bagwell, Stevie Ray, Donica Knight, Madeline Victoria, Ed Roman, Xander Demos, um, Phil Moore from Nick Arcade was was just a, a ton, a ton of fun uh, having him on with us. Our good friend Chucky Brown, former NBA vet. The beautiful, beautiful Jennifer Gottlieb from That Metal Show. Uh, Jessica from Psyka uh, joined us. And, uh, of course, we can't forget our one of our greatest friends, Dan Gutschmidt from Adrenaline. Dan, once again, our uh, thoughts are with you, my buddy. And, uh, you know, yeah, just to show you support for the stoop. You know, Jeff and I are always working hard here to bring you some of the best guests. I have a list in front of me of people I'm talking to, man. And uh, it's getting good, man. So, yeah, Mick James joins us uh, Thursday. Not Rick James. Mick James. <laughs> Mick James joins us uh, this Thursday, April 7th. It, well, well, Rick James ain't joining anybody right now, to be honest. Um, sad to say. Try <laughs> 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 not to laugh, but, you know, just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Mick James, bitch. 
Super freak, she's super freaky, yeah. Anyway, Mick James' music is a lot better. I guarantee it. I promise you that. We're going to listen to some of his music. He's going to be joining us this Thursday, April 7th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And then April 18th, Monday, Lilith from Lilith of the Night, an amazing rock band out of London, will be joining us. Looking forward to that as well. So, for Jeff Perini, I'm Jonathan Ragus. We thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to The Stoop. And we'll see you Thursday night. We'll see you then. Good night, people.